Welcome to Making Great Men Podcast. This is your host, Papa G. Okay, okay. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me again today for this next episode of the podcast, Making Great Men. Once again, just starting off by saying thank you to all for your great comments, your great feedback. Um, also, some great suggestions coming in for topics over the next coming weeks, which, uh, which I will definitely consider. Thank you so much for all the people doing that. Um, but yes, it's been a uh, little bit of a while since I've thrown down an episode, throw it down, just things I'm happening throughout life. Um, you know, look, I... I know a lot of things are happening around the world at the moment. Obviously, um, when I listen back to this, I'm going to think to myself, why didn't you say what's happening around the world, George? Uh, obviously, with things happening in Europe and over, over in the Middle East, and it's just uh, not great to hear. So I, I pray that uh, for anyone affected out there, I really pray for you and your family um, and uh, and that whole situation that it comes to a close very, very quickly. But today, look, I wanted to touch on a topic that um, as someone who has worked with men for the last let's say 27, 28 years, uh, I've had to deal with almost all the time. I'm not even going to give it a percentage because it's very high. <laughs> it's a very high percentage uh, of times that I've had to deal with this situation in people's lives. And obviously from the title, you know, I'm talking about pornography. Uh, pornography when you're dealing with men is a very serious issue as it is with women, but obviously I'm speaking to men today. And, um, and, and I mean, a serious issue is in it is highly addictive, and I'll get more into that in a moment, but also it, it consumes um, the lives of, of many, many men around the world. And and obviously dealing and talking to and speaking with these young and older men throughout these last 27, 28 years, I've had to touch on considerably the topic of pornography. And so uh, I've been umming and ahhing about doing this topic and how I will bro um, broach it and what I will talk about, but uh, I finally made a decision the other day that I think it's time to talk about it because I heard a stat, one particular one, that I thought, okay, this is, this is, becoming, this is becoming horrible. Um, look, I have not under any delusion that this podcast, uh, this <laughs> episode is going to stop 80% um, of men from, from viewing pornography, but I'm hoping that at least one person can break the chains of pornography after listening to this, or at least the start of it from happening. So we're going to get ready to um, to start looking at it and um, for it to happen through uh, this this episode. And so uh, let's let's get into it. So pornography, gentlemen, um, I don't need to explain what it is, but uh, for those for that one person in the whole of the universe who doesn't know what pornography is, uh, obviously pornography is the viewing of people having sex um, in front of you. So there you go, nice and simple. But you know, I grew up in an era back in the uh, 80s and 90s, uh, and a little bit beyond that, where pornography—the only way you could see pornography—is if you went down to the store and bought a magazine that was basically covered in in plastic anyway, or you rented a video from the video store, uh, and you both had to be 18 to do so, uh, and also, uh, or go into a nudie bar, to put it bluntly. Uh, and they're the only ways, you had to be over 18, you had to show your ID to get any of those things or access to any of those places uh, in order to watch any form of um, nudity or pornography. Uh, so it wasn't as easy as, as it is today because right now we live in an age where pornography and pornos are at your fingertips. Within seconds, you can view pornography on your device for free. No age restriction, no embarrassment to go to the counter pretending you're 18. Um, 
and it's easy to consume. And not only can you get access to it so quickly, but you can get access to a lot of it and very quickly. That is the most dangerous part um, other than all of the other dangers, but that's the most concerning part is the, the quick access and the amount of pornography and the type of pornography, which I'll get into in a moment. Look, porn has always been a problem um, in society. Whenever there's been uh, humanity, there's been pornography. I can almost guarantee you that. I wasn't there, but I know human nature, and I've studied humans enough to know this. Uh, what's happening now is it's getting much worse, and it's growing. As a matter of fact, the stat that I was talking about earlier that got me thinking, okay, I need to say something about this now. I need to address it, uh, is that there is a there is a guesstimation that VR, virtual reality porn, will become a $1 billion industry, hasn't even started yet, okay, but it'll become a $1 billion industry within the first 12 to 24 months of its inception. Now, we all know that the, uh, the, the Apple goggles or whatever they're called have come out, which is incredible virtual reality, uh, and I can guarantee you, just like the printing press when that came out, the printing press, first thing they printed on it was the Bible. Second thing that was printed on it was pornography. Yeah, typical humanity. And here we are again, some amazing technology that's being created. The first thing we, we do is, is work and, and, and technology that will help humanity. The second thing we do <laughs> is we start thinking about how do we get pornography on there? And it's incredible um, you know, that this industry is so massive in the billions and billions of dollars. And so uh, this is the you know, this is the topic that I want to touch on. Uh, and, I, and I was thinking to myself and wrestling over the way that I will actually address this topic. Because look, I, I have no doubt in my mind that there, are, that there are men who are now listening to this today, right now, who would be thinking, well, Papa G, what are you going to say? Pornography is not good for you? Is that what you're going to say? Well, I'm not going to stop from watching it. Uh, listen, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life other than to tell you how to live your life. No, I'm actually here to just to tell you, here's some ways that you can live your life that will make yourself into a better man. And if I was to say anything about pornography right from the onset, it's to say this, pornography will ruin your life. So you choose whether you want to be addicted to pornography or view pornography uh, a little bit or moderately. That's up to you, your choice. It's your belief system. Um, but I can assure you that pornography is not a is not a pastime that only stays at one factor. It's not only an X amount of units of pornography. If you start to view pornography, or if you are viewing pornography, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. It's you won't just watch pornography once a week. You won't watch pornography once a month and think that's all you need, because pornography. We, is a type of drug and it's exactly like a drug where you take maybe once a month or once a week now that will eventually become twice a month or twice a week then it'll become three times a week then it'll be five times a week then it'll be instead of minutes each time it will be hours each time then it'll be multiple hours each time multiple times a day uh, and if you don't believe me you can speak to any psychologist clinical or otherwise who will tell you that these are indisputable facts out there of what pornography does to humans. So I just want to lay that on the table that if you view pornography, understand that it is a drug that will grab a hold of you. Now, if you think that that's good for you, <laughs> go and live with the consequences or power to you. But if you know the reality of what it does and you know the struggle, then I want you to keep listening. 
So I decided that the way that I'll, I'll, um, I'll uh, hit this subject up today is by answering three questions because I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. Those three questions are this. What does pornography do to men? What does it say to your partner? And what can you do about it? Yep, I'll put the second one in there because that's vitally important. So there's three questions again. What does it do to men? What does it say to your partner? What can you do about it? So I hope you're ready to go. Let's dive right in. So first one, what does it do to men? What does pornography do to men? Well, as I alluded to a moment ago, pornography is an addiction. Pornography will quickly become an addiction. Why? Because now we have MRI imaging and we're able to uh, resonate uh, the images or the magnetic resonance images of brains while things are happening. And they're showing that the, um, the parts of the brain that are activated when you are on heroin or on cocaine are activated when you are viewing pornography. The, the receptors are activated in the brain in the same way amongst all of those drug addictive substances. So there's an addiction that will happen. It's scientifically proven now. Anecdotally, we've known this for decades, but now it's scientifically proven that it's an addictive drug, just like the others are. The other thing it does, and I'm just going to list them. They're not in any particular order. But the other thing it does is it desensitizes you. So when you watch porn, you're desensitized to naked people, which means that you need more in order to get the same satisfaction. So not only do you need more content, you also need uh, greater veracity. You need it to be a little bit from, it might be nude images initially, then it goes to soft porn, then it goes to hard hard porn, uh, hardcore, and then it gets to even more weird and, and ridiculous things in order to get satisfaction. Now, that might not happen over months, but that will definitely happen over years because you become desensitized to what you're seeing. And that doesn't produce the arousal or the effect that you are wanting it to produce that it did six, 12 months ago. Uh, the other thing that pornography does to men, it causes, gentlemen, listen to this, performance anxiety. Yes. That means if you have a partner and you are sexually active, understand that when you watch pornography and you consume a lot of it, you will start to get performance anxiety. As in, you'll look and see what other men are doing in the porno, in the pornos and start to imitate, knowing uh, and then you can't do that. You can't satisfy what you think is the way to satisfy a woman because that's what you've shoved into your brain and become so desensitized to what you think that's how I satisfy a woman is by doing these moves not understanding the intricacy and the beauty and the mystery of a woman which I'll talk about later uh, but you you then had developed this performance anxiety that I can't do it like this I'm not good enough I'm not great which then causes more stress which then reduces your libido which then reduces your ability to get an erection and the the domino effect keeps going and going. So gentlemen, listen to that one. Now, uh, the other thing that sort of carries on from that is when you consume pornography, it also gives you an, a wrong expectation from your partner. You start to compare her who is real to an actor who is not real. Okay, let me spell it out for you. Your porn star that you are watching are are taking 
multiple levels of drugs to do what they do. Uh, the video is cut and pasted together. They are doing techniques that you would never do. Not They don't even want to do it unless they're getting paid for it in order to achieve the results that you see right in front of you, like as if it's natural that someone uh, behaves that way or has that sort of a result from doing these sort of actions. Uh, when you consume all of that, that becomes normative to you and you think that you should be able to do that in the bedroom to your partner and your partner's trying to figure out what is going on. Uh, now, I'm going to say something that may be controversial here. And um, look, I'm not I'm not begrudging what you do with you and your partner. If your partner's okay with this and you check that they're okay with this, that's between you and her. But I want to say to you that um, there is a reason why your partner's and your uh, butthole is the strongest exit hole in your flipping body. There's a reason for that. It's because it's only meant to have things going out. So, um, gentlemen, if you are consuming an enormous amount of pornography and you think it's, you know, you you, you are watching uh, uh, these guys doing what is technically known as anal sex um, and thinking the, the, the woman in that particular... Um, video um, is in loving it and enjoying it and getting off on it. And so you take that to your bedroom and now you want to coerce or force your partner into doing something she's uncomfortable with. Shame on you. Okay? Shame on you. As a matter of fact, it was a dead giveaway to me when a guy would say, when the couple would come in and a guy and it would open up and the guy would say, I want to I want to perform certain types of sexual acts in the bedroom. She doesn't want to do it. And, and I would say, let me guess, anal. And almost 80% of the time it was yes. And that was a dead giveaway to me that that person was addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. I'll leave that there. I'll let you think about that. But shame on you, gentlemen, if you try to force your partner to do something that they don't want to do. Okay? So I'll just leave that there. But... These wrong expectations come towards your partner when you are addicted to porn because you're so desensitized to what's happening. You think that your partner should do what this fake actor is doing, okay? Now, the other thing it does in on an emotional level is it decreases your ability to build healthy relationships. It really does. When you're in a relationship, what sex does, what it was created for is to... Is to um, uh, increase the oneness between a husband and a wife. That's what it's meant for. That's the original intent of sex. Uh, the biblical uh, narrative of that is, uh, it states that a man shall leave his mother and father, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That becoming of one flesh means sexual intimacy to the level where they're connected, and sex is not a physical act. Sex is not just an emotional act. It's also a spiritual act. And so that oneness, that depth of oneness, and I guarantee you, gentlemen, if you go to your partner and you say, is sex more than more than just physical to you? Is it emotional and, and spiritual? I guarantee you they're going to look at you and say, duh, what, well, you're only just getting this now. It's more than just physical. There is a There is an innate... A huge impact into our core of what sex is. Again, if you don't believe me, let me give you another example. Why do you think that children are so affected by being sexually abused by a, by an adult or anyone, but by an adult? Uh, why do you think it affects them for 20, 30, 40, 50 years into their lives? Because of the depth of what sexual uh, intimacy does to a human being. 
The only difference between a child and an adult is a child is unable to process what's happening and so that that thing that was taken off them and ripped off them that they didn't give also even if they're an adult and they were sexually abused same thing um and so so all factors when when someone is sexually abused it is and and sexually taken advantage of it wrecks them to the core because sex goes to our core it is a deeply emotional act and a deeply spiritual act uh, that's why it was created to be put in the confines of marriage. Now, I'm not telling you that that's what you got to do. Obviously, you guys know from my podcast that I'm a Christian. I believe in the biblical worldview. And so, therefore, um, it makes sense why we were instructed by the Creator in order to uh, put marriage, which is a nuclear weapon, in the confines of a commitment of marriage. That's the reason. Because oneness happens. Trust happens. Um it's you know when a men do this too, but women are more in touch with their emotions. When a woman gives herself to a man sexually, she is making herself extremely vulnerable to that person. So understand that it is a very, very mysterious, beautiful, uh, powerful act that should be that should be taken care of and actually should be used within the confines of what it should. But again, I'm preaching. Um, but I can guarantee you, gentlemen, doesn't matter whether you believe what I've said or not, it will, and this is psychologically speaking, it will decrease your ability to build a healthy relationship, being porno addicted, uh, and it will break the oneness between you and your partner. The other thing it does to men, uh, it increases your direct or passive aggression towards women. Mm, mm. Why do I know that? Because unfortunately, 88% of porn, porn, pornography scenes uh, contain some form of physical aggression. Now, I don't know whether you've been uh, in a um, in, in a in a relationship where all of a sudden um, you know this rise all of a sudden is in you, you need to choke me while you're having sex with me, or you need to smack me while you're having sex with me. Now, again, you and your partner, whatever you want to do there, that's up to you guys. However, it's incredible to see how many young people feel like that's what they need to allow to happen in a relationship, in, in a sexual relationship, because that's what's seen out there. So I want you to understand that this form of um, passive aggressive uh, um, behavior towards women is not acceptable. And pornography will increase that not only into the bedroom, but also outside of the bedroom, because when you become addicted to it, you start to see women as less than you. They become objects. Because uh, I don't know if you've noticed anything about pornography, but pornography has the man dominating the woman generally, generally. Uh, and in that domination, it's not done in a loving, um, trusting, beautiful relationship. It's done just as an act. And that is extremely dangerous. So um, understand also, he, here's what happens. <laughs> oh, this is just getting deeper. Here's what also happens to men. Understand that what you're doing is you are practicing the art of ex of exploiting people for your short-term gratification. Mm. Say that again. You are practicing exploiting people for your short-term gratification. And you become an expert at that in everyday life. So people having sex in front of you, and so all of a sudden, this, this act of voyeurism, which I'll talk about in a moment, this gives you a short-term gratification and you become an, you become an expert at short-term gratifications by exploiting people in every day of your life. 
all of a sudden you'll click into this type of person who needs to get what they want now. Doesn't matter what you have to do to get it, you'll do it. That's And you think, well, where's that coming from? I wasn't brought up like that. That's not what I believe. That's coming directly from pornography and it's being shown over and over again, not just anecdotally, but psychologically as well. That as we as we go straight to this short-term gratification uh, and we want it now and I'll exploit whatever I need to to get it, which is exactly what pornography is. Um, because what, what, like essentially, what is it? Pornography is I want to, I, I, I'm, I'm horny and please excuse my colloquialism, I'm horny, I want to get my rocks off or I want to I want to, um, I want want to, to feel good, so I want to masturbate. The only way for me to masturbate is to watch other people have sex and so I want that gratification now. Within seconds, you're doing that, which is different to I'm going to go out, build a beautiful, loving relationship with a partner uh, and and woo them and love them and cause them to know that they're that that I care for them, and then we get into an intimate relationship, uh, and I do it that way. <laughs> Notice the difference: one of it's seconds and minutes, the other one takes months and years. And so, this short-term gratification is what we go for, and unfortunately, that transposes into everyday life. So, as you can see, men, pornography. Okay, here are some of the things that it does. Now, let's keep going. There's a couple more. Um, watching porn. And this is this is something that Andrew Huberman talks about, and he he doesn't he doesn't knock um, masturbation on that sort of stuff, right? But he gives you the scientific reasoning of what happens uh, when you watch porn. It causes a high dopamine release response to watching others have sex, which is very different from having sex yourself. So that means you associate arousal with voyeurism rather than arousal with actual intimacy. Ooh, this is the thing that most men don't realize is happening to them and it causes them to be horrible lovers to their partners. I'll say it again. It causes a high dopamine release response when you watch other people have sex, which is very different from you having sex with someone that you love. This means that you associate arousal with voyeurism, watching other people have sex, rather than arousal that comes from actual intimacy. And so over time, watching pornography will mean that when you finally have a intimate partner, you will find it difficult to get aroused more and more, the more addicted to porn you are, because your arousal response, your dopamine response in your body will only happen when you watch other people have sex rather than when you are prepared to have sex with your partner, your intimate partner. That is a very sad day for you, gentlemen, if you're at that level. You need to seek professional help. Actually, you need to seek professional help when you're getting all of these. Trust me, this just means you are very, very far along the way. And it is something you need to urgently go seek help on because that's that's dangerous, this part. You've now started to disassociate intimacy from arousal. What you've done is watching voyeurism is, is what arousal is. And the incredible thing about the dopamine response that Andrew Huberman talks about, who's an incredible neuroscientist in, in research, um, is he says that we are already flooded with dopamine responses for not achieving anything. So generally what humanity does, what our, the way our body chemicals are, are, are designed is that when we um, the dopamine response should only happen, that dopamine hit of feeling great, once we work for it. So we study hard and we, we, we study for weeks and we do this assignment and we study and study and then we do the exam and do great on the exam. Great, we get the dopamine response that we killed the exam, we got a great result. As opposed to, 
oh, I just pay money, get the cocaine, and then take the cocaine hit, and now I get the dopamine response, a very big dopamine response. And that dopamine response with no work to, to get it is the dangerous part because then we associate uh, our dopamine response gets less and less, which, we, which means we need more and more, which is what I was saying earlier. Uh, and in this case, the association that happens is you become um, um, only aroused through voyeurism. Now, here's the other thing that happens that's tied into this that Andrew Huberman talks about. Once you've ejaculated, gentlemen, once you've ejaculated, your body releases a different hormone than the serotonin and dopamine that happens during arousal. Once you've ejaculated, your body releases hormones like prolactin, which help with the pair bonding. Prolactin starts to suppress um, uh, serotonin and dopamine, uh, and it does that in order to get you calm so that you don't get aroused again very quickly. And that's all part of what is believed to be a, this pair bonding that happens with your partner where you you cuddle or you talk or you fall asleep together, you know, holding each other. And that's the intimacy, the oneness that happens in a relationship. Uh, and so so what's what's meant to happen there is is that prolactin which gets released causes you to do that in order to pair bond with your partner. However, <laughs> if in the absence of a partner and you're ejaculating to a screen, then what we're finding out now psychologically or, or through the neuroscience of, of Andrew Huberman is that you're left with this open loop hormonal release that's happening in your body. It's this open loop. So the prolactin's being pushed out your dopamine's being suppressed and you're not connecting with anyone. As a matter of fact, they're starting to believe that that pair bonding happens with yourself, if at all. So you are now starting to become intimate, like as in you're pair bonding with yourself, which is even more dangerous because that's that's how we start to develop narcissistic tendencies. And trust me, we've got enough flipping narcissists out there. Every third person's a flipping narcissist. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. It drives me nuts. I might do a topic at one, uh, another episode about what a narcissist is and how to spot them and how to run away uh, or what I do is how I deal with them. Anyway, and so uh, in the absence of a partner when you ejaculate, that that prolactin hap, um, gets released in you. You can't help it. It gets released in you. It's something our body does. And so this open loop carries on, which means that when you go to have sex with a partner at some point, then that prolactin is released in your body and you would think it would cause you to want to pair bond with your partner, but understand that that you've just been pair bonding with yourself. So you have sex, you get up and you walk away or you don't want them to touch you or you turn around in bed and you and you you you, you, you got your back to them. No, I'm too hot, babe. I want to go to bed, babe. Sorry, I've got to get up early, babe. But really what's happening is you've associated all of those things. Sex is just a physical act, uh, short-term gratification, um, dopamine response uh, because I get aroused when I'm, I'm voyeuring. Um, my prolactin's kicked in and I'm being pair bonding with myself. I don't need to pair bond with you. Notice that all of that <laughs> is not great for your uh, oneness and healthy relationship with a partner. And that could be the case for the rest of your life if you don't get help to fix that. And part of fixing that is stopping pornography altogether, but I'll get that in question number three. So they are some of the main things that I've found affect men when it comes to pornography. Okay, so let me turn our attention now to question number two, which was what does pornography say to your partner? What does your pornography addiction say to your partner? Now, I wanted to address this, and obviously I'm talking male 
to female here because that, that's the that's the um, audience that I'm targeting here. Um, and so as I'm looking through this, um, what does pornography say? And you, and you take this advice how you want to and into whatever relationship you've got. But what does pornography say, your addiction to it, say to your partner? Because it does say something. Understand this. It says something loud and clear. And most of you know that because most of you hide that addiction from your partner because you know it says something and it's not and it's not positive. So let me try to let me try to give you um, some anecdotal evidence that in the 27, 28 year history of dealing with couples and dealing with people, uh, what some partners have said to me when they found out that their partner is addicted to pornography, what that's meant to them, um, what it says to them, how they felt about it. But also, um, just to give you an indication, knowledge of the depth of what I was saying before. So if you took what I was saying before in the first question in regards to how sex is a is not just a physical act, but it's a emotional, deeply emotional and spiritual act. And so if that's what sex is, which it is, I can guarantee you that's what it is. And 100% guarantee you that's what it is. Um, and, and I've shown you some reasons for that scientifically, let alone biblically, let alone psychologically, um, let alone... Uh, common sensically, if that's a word. You can see that if you've had a partner, you know that it's more than just physical. And so what does your porno addiction say to your partner? So here's what it says. It makes them feel like they are worthless. It makes your partner feel like they're worthless, like they're not worth your effort, your time, your ability or want or desire to build that oneness with them in order to have sex with them. Um, you you believe that they should just give you sex because you deserve it because they're your partner, as opposed to wooing them, um, being emotionally available to them, uh, communicating with them. Gentlemen, understand something very, 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 very clearly here. The strongest sexual organ in your female partner is her brain. Mm. Mm. I want you to dwell on that for a minute. The strongest sexual... <laughs> the strongest sexual organ in your partner's body is her brain. Please know this. I want you to understand this. Because, gentlemen, I'm taking a moment on this because we believe it's it's several other erogenous zones in her body. But no, it's her brain. What does it mean? It means you need to take time to talk to her kindly, to find out what her love languages are. Um, if you don't know what I just meant by love languages, go back and listen to my episode called "What um, What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, um, you need to find out what their love languages are. You need to do those effectively. You need to be kind in your words. You need to be uh, affectionate to her. You need to be um, attentive to who she is and what she does, uh, not aggressive and not assertive constantly and not competitive or combative. That's not what we, you're meant to be like with your partner at all. And so if you are those things, kind and loving and caring and understanding what a love language is and remembering the little details and 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 sharing her with beautiful little gifts um, and, and all of these things that she will love, whatever her love language is, and you do those things, then you don't have to beg for sex at the end of the day or at the end of the week or whatever it is you, you do. Trust me, because your partner will respond to the incredible intimacy that you uh, when you bring that stuff she'll she'll respond with her intimacy uh because that's what that's how they're designed gentlemen 
So, um, uh, you know, obviously I don't want you to manipulate your your partner, but I'm telling you now that you just whinging that you don't get sex uh, is very likely, not 100% of the time, but very likely your fault because you just expect it. And so if that's if that's the beauty of obtaining sexual um, uh, intimacy with your partner, then when you just go and get it for for free with no effort from a screen, then you make your partner feel worthless. So please understand that. The other thing it says to your partner is that they are not good enough, that their looks, their body, um, and you understand that you understand surely that 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 for females unfortunately in our western world they're constantly body shamed constantly thrown up there about oh your, your tummy's too big your bum's too fat your thighs are thunder thighs your your lips your nose your hair your you got cankles your feet your your knees your, your elbows your fingertips your fingernails your eyelashes they're not good enough if you've got blonde hair with the blonde eyebrows you're a powder puff uh, um you know if you've um, you know, if your eyes aren't blue but they're brown, who wants brown eyes? And oh, you love brown eyes. I don't like brown eyes. Your hair, you need extensions because it's not thick enough. Uh, your shoulders are too wide. Your shoulders are too narrow. Um, your back isn't arched enough. Uh, we don't like the length of your hamstrings. We don't. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on and on for these poor females. Uh, and you think, well, why is this happening? It's happening all the time. Open your eyes, gentlemen. Have a look around. It's happening all the time. They do it to themselves. They do it. The other women do it to them. Uh, magazines do it. Uh, sh- TV shows. Um, it's happening constantly. Time constantly. This subliminal um, um, promotion of body image is being thrown at them constantly. They get home and here's their partner not interested in who they are. Now, let me put a caveat on that. Men and women, for both of you, I'll talk about it. If you are unhealthy and you are overweight then do something about it for the sake of you, your future, and your children and your children's futures. Okay, so I'm, not, I'm talking about do something about that. Don't just sit around laziness saying, I hate how I look. Obviously, you want to do something about it. And and men, if your partner's like that and wants to do something about it, then please go and do that. Obviously, I'm not talking about people who've got chemical reasons and what's going on. I'm talking about don't let laziness rule you and don't just sit there and complain. Then get up and do something about it. Partners, be supportive and get them to do that, Okay. But outside of that, I am saying that they're bombarded constantly with body images. And then when you go and uh, go get your rocks off and go masturbate and ejaculate and get your little jollies done at a for free in seconds uh, in the in the bathroom or wherever the heck you do it as a as a Woody Woodpecker, then um, you're saying to your partner they're not good enough. No matter how they dress, no matter what they do, they're not good enough because I'm going to look at these women who who are just this body type and they work their butts off to get to stay like that and they're paid to be this way. Uh, whereas your wife who may have children or works works long hours and does her thing may not doesn't look like these these women and so you're saying to her, you're not good enough. You know that? Because that then leads into the whole scenario of this self this self-reflection that that your partner will have. And it says to them this next thing, which is, what's wrong with me? Why couldn't I satisfy him? What's wrong with me? Am I not doing something right in bed? Which you will give off because you're now acting like what you've seen in the porno. And so you're now telling you, why don't you do this? And why don't you sound this way? And why don't you make these noises? And why don't you do this to me? And I want you to do that to me. And I want you to let me do this to you. And she's thinking, hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa. So what's wrong with me? Why can I not satisfy him? I'm not good enough. I'm made to feel worthless. 
uh, and to and to to some women, it's seen as cheating. You're cheating on them, and I understand. Some women don't see it as that. Some do, uh, and and I understand why they see it as that because you're off looking at at another woman, and men are aroused by by sight and women are aroused by their brain and so you're aroused aroused by sight and so you're off looking at other women um and uh and getting off on your jollies and 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 masturbating which is to 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 your partner is cheating and you might know it's not cheating babe and you know look listen i, I was talking to someone um a, a while ago um who said to me that um her male her ex-partner uh had uh, wanted to take photos and videos of of them uh, having sex, and she didn't want that to happen. Um, and then he he demeaned her into doing that. Uh, and now they're no longer together. Okay, so there's the danger. Now they're no longer together. And and she said to me, the first thing I did when I knew we were breaking up was get on his phone and delete all these videos and as ma- as, ma- as many as I thought were not there, and I took as many off as I can. Uh, isn't it interesting that they're breaking up? That's one of the first things she thought of because of how how intimate that is, and she didn't even want to do it in the first place. But this donkey, this idiot, decided that he, the way he 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 um, demeaned her was to say that look, I'm going to masturbate, so I'd rather masturbate to you than to some other woman. So let me do it. Oh my Jesus, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. Don't ever let me meet this man in person, Jesus. I'll get him to meet you personally. I mean, this is just I, men like that drive me nuts. Okay. Um, now, some of you may go, well, she's stupid for doing that. She shouldn't have done that. Yeah, well, it's not as easy when some guy is aggressive and um, and and in other ways uh, threatening and decides that he is now going to use a deep tone voice and manipulate and say that. After a number of years, women just sort of sometimes be submit to that because it's much easier to just to do what he's saying rather than have another fight, especially when they're naked and he's holding a camera in front of them. Okay, so uh, let's not victim shame for goodness sake. Men, if you treat your partner like this, I want you to listen to me very carefully. If you treat your partner like that, please go seek professional help. Please. Because if there's one thing I've ever asked God about uh, when I hear about things like this and child sex slavery is, um, Lord, let me become a indestructible vigilante for six months. Just let me be that for six months, Lord, please. So I can exact some Old Testament revenge. <laughs> Forgive me, Father. Anyway, so um, I'm saying to you that that these men have made their partners feel this way, uh, worthless and not good enough and what's wrong with me and why can't I satisfy him and they don't realize that that's what pornography does to their partner then they wonder why their partner doesn't want to have intimate sex with them so gentlemen notice that what I'm saying to you about pornography none of it's good for you and none of it's good for your partner at all there is nothing good about it for you or your partner and this is the part that I'm trying to draw home today I want you to know that I have not seen once in 28 years of dealing with individuals and couples, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples, probably over a thousand individuals in all of my years and and more. I'm just being trying to be as conservative as possible. And when I've spoken to them, not one person, not one who's had a pornography addiction has had a positive impact on their life. And when I say a, a, a pornography addiction, I'm talking watching pornography once a week to that level. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and look, I, I say once a week and I'm trying to be sort of tongue-in-cheek there because really once you start with pornography, it's hard to not get to once and twice and three and four times a week. It's hard not to do that. At some point, you will get there. 
So pornography really in any consumption as a sliding slope is going to get to that addiction very, very quickly. And so it's not good for you or your partner. So my last question that I want to answer today is what can you do about it? And I want to give you four things that you can do. Okay, so if you need to pause this uh, uh, stream right now, get a pen and paper or, or write it down on your, on your phone. I want you to listen to this carefully. Okay, so first thing is, Delete everything. <laughs> delete everything. Get on your phone, get on your device, get on your laptop, delete every uh, uh, website, uh, any images, any videos you've got, delete them, double delete them, go to your trash, delete them again, go to any, any, um, anywhere, wherever you've got anything that's, that's pornographic, delete it, get it off your devices. That's number one thing you've got to do. Um, get rid of any docu any any documented area. Like go to your search history. Get rid of that. So you get rid of your cache. So nothing is remembered when you type in something. Okay, that's what you want to do. Number two, try to find someone you can be accountable to, because because what I'm about to tell you in a moment is what you're going to need. You need someone who you need to be accountable to, and do not let it be your partner. You cannot be accountable to your partner. Yes, you want to let your partner, you've been addicted and you need to walk through this with them uh, and talk with them. I know it may be difficult for you to have that discussion with them, um, but you need to have someone outside of them when you want to get out of this addiction of pornography. A friend, a spiritual leader, a mentor, a gym buddy, um, uh, someone that you can trust in your life, a father, a brother, someone that you can trust that can help you through this that's not your partner because it's not your partner's job nor were they designed to walk with you uh, where you are repeatedly abusing them by telling them, oh, I've fallen again and I watched another image or I watched another video. Oh, sorry, uh, you know, the next day or two days later, oh, sorry, I've, I've tripped again and I made a mistake and I watched another video. They don't need to be subjected to that constantly. So don't make it your partner. Get someone else, another man who can help you become accountable to them. And what that person's sole job will be is to ensure that you follow what I'm about to say to a T and to support you as you're going through it. So if you do fall, they can they can be they can they can be make you accountable. So they'll ask you questions. How did you go? How are you going this week? What's happened? Have you fallen? Has there been any issue? What's going on? Let's chat about it. Okay. Now <clears throat> that leads me to the third thing, which is using certain programs to help you break the addiction of pornography. One of those is called Triple X Church, literally xxxchurch.com. You can go on and, and uh, have a look at that. And that that uses certain programs that you can put on your devices that will help you, but also uses um, it uses accountability partners. So you can find a partner. They can help you find a partner also, but you can find a partner and make them your accountability partner. And what happens is, and I've done this to many men, what happens is as an accountability partner, I would get any websites that they visited on their phone or their tablets or their laptops or their computers, any websites they visited that were dicey and it would come up as a report for me and say, bing, so-and-so has just visited this site. So I'm able to call them straight away or at the end of that day or within a couple of days and say, hey, what's going on here? Okay. So that's triplexchurch.com. The other one that's that's been out for a, a, a lot less time but, but is now using the power of AI is called canopy.us, C-A-N- O-P-Y dot U-S. Now, this seems to be the one that, that is now is getting notoriety because it uses AI and it doesn't just block um, websites. It actually blocks searches. So if you go to Google and search naked woman, it will block anything that looks like a naked woman. 
if you were to search, let's say, bikinis, then it will come up. But anything too revealing, it will use AI to start to block that. Okay, um, and so so what happens is it uses AI in order to help, even even on sites that seem safe. So let's say you're on on Facebook on your on your phone or on your laptop, and an image comes up, a some friend of yours or some girl has put up an image, and it's very revealing. It will actually um, block that out. And so, so it uses AI to help, and and some men need that because because when you've been addicted to porn, any sort of images of girls that are naked uh, in any way can start to trigger you to move back into that world. And so, using those programs, so those programs again, Canopy.us or TripleXChurch.com, and then finally number four is uh, stop the urge. So first one is delete everything, be accountable use programs, and then the fourth one is stop the urge. I want to give you some practical teas, uh, uh, practical, teas, practical tips on how to stop the urge once it gets started, okay? What I mean by that is you could be sitting there watching TV, something comes on or reading a book or just scrolling on your phone and something happens and you feel, you know, gentlemen, if you're aware, if you're aware and you're honest with yourself, you'll know the moment something happens, a thought, a feeling, uh, deep in your gut, down in your pants, uh, something happens that gets you going, uh-oh, the train is about to leave the station. All of a sudden, there's a doot-doot, uh, and you know that within a matter of seconds or minutes, you're going to be opening up uh, a site in order to go feed that demon, okay? And so here's what you've got to do. You have to, to stop the urge, you need to get up and do something with your hands and feet. <clears throat> That's right, gentlemen. I said you need to get up and do something with your hands and feet, don't just turn the program. Don't try to read a book. Don't try to um, go to sleep. Don't try to uh, do any of that sort of stuff. You need to get up physically, change your environment and your position, and do something with your hands and your feet. What I mean by that is go garden, go water the grass, walk around, get on a phone call using your using your hands, and go for a walk while you're on the phone call using your feet. Go to the gym. And if you don't use your hands and feet at the gym, you're doing it wrong. Trust me. (laughs) You need to do something with your hands and feet. And what that does is it stops the urge in its tracks within a few seconds or maybe a couple of minutes. Once you're on that phone call, once you've gone for the walk, once you've driven to the gym, once you've done it, it will start to abate. Now, if you are really addicted to porn, you may have to do that several times a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And listen, nothing that's worth doing comes easy. It's gonna take effort. But the longer you do it, it might, it might, you might be doing this five, six times a day. Then after a few weeks, you'll do it three times a day. Then after a few weeks, it's twice a day. Then after a few weeks, it's once a day. Then it becomes once every three days. Then once a week. Then once a month. Then you realize, oh my goodness, I haven't, I haven't had to get up and do something for a couple of months now. Wow. Uh, and that's the nature of changing your neurotransmitters in your brain and and uh, stopping your brain from just quickly going. Because understand what happens, okay? This is how I've explained it to people. If you're standing in front of bushland and the other side uh, between uh, and the other side of the bushland is a river that you want to get to, a beautiful river, river you want to go for a swim in, then what you do is you might grab a machete and you start hacking your way, hacking a track through the through the bushland until you get to the river. Now, when you go home, you come back through that track. The next day, you want to go back to the river, you go down the beaten path. You come back and go down that beaten path. Now, that path stays beaten and it stays ungrown because you keep walking back and forth over it. 
But if you want to go to another part of the river, then you need to hack a new path down that river, uh, down through the bush to get to that part of the river. You know, let's say it's 100 meters or 200 meters down down the way, and you, you have to go through the bush to get to it. And so what you do is you start now, get the machete out, start hacking a new way through that bush uh, bushland in order to get to uh, the river, and you start hacking your way through, and you get there to this new part of the river 200 meters down the road. Now, what happens is that this new path that you've hacked down, you're, that now becomes the beaten path because you're walking up and down that track. Now, what do you think happens to the other track over time? The original track would start to overgrow, and the and the bushland would grow back in. After a few weeks and months, you won't even find that track because it'll be all overgrown, and the new track is where you go. That's exactly how your neurotransmitters work. You have to physically stop letting your brain go down that old path that led you pornography and create new parts, new neurotransmitter parts, because neurons that fire together wire together, as a good friend of mine, Dr. Robbie Sonderegger says, um, neurons, who's a clinical psychologist, neurons that fire together wire together, the less you cause them to fire together, the more they'll start to dissipate and or in effect overgrow and you won't see them anymore. And the new path that you've created is what you actually end up going towards. So this is why it takes time. This is why it takes effort. It takes effort to hack out the new path and to beat it down over weeks and months. But trust me, you will end up in another part of the river. You'll end up in a place where there is no porn addiction. And you may have to constantly maintain that for the rest of your life, gentlemen, and it's okay. It's worth it. It is worth it for the oneness of a, of a beautiful marriage, for the oneness with a beautiful partner for the sake of your future children or children you've got now and for a beautiful relationship that you can then pass on to future generations it is worth it it is beautiful it is intimate it is incredibly special it's what we were designed to be like with our partner and the the rewards of that are are unending it is beautiful it is beautiful. Pornography cannot offer you anything. Pornography is ugly and disgusting compared to the beauty of oneness with a partner in a loving marriage. Uh, trust me on that. And so when we that's the sort of picture I wanted to paint with the with the bushland. Stopping the urge means getting up and doing something. And every time you get up and do something with your hands and feet, you are causing those neurotransmitters to um to no longer wire to get a fire together, which means they'll start the, the wiring will start to um to dissipate on the old way of thinking, and the new way of thinking will start to take hold. So those four things again: delete everything, be accountable, use these programs, stop the urge. So, gentlemen, look, I really appreciate you coming on this tough journey of of porn on this episode. Um Please share this with friends that you know are struggling with this. Please share it with them. Please let them know that there is hope. Let them know that they can get this beautiful, amazing, intimate relationships with partners or future partners. Uh, men, don't let this thing control you. You're a man. You take control of what's in your life. You take control of your thoughts. You take control of your actions. You take control. Take responsibility. And I'll, I, you know, I've already written a episode called "Meaning and Responsibility," which I'll get to in the coming weeks. But you, you take that. You find meaning for your life, and you take responsibility for your actions, and you admit what you've done, and you get onto the path of fixing it, and you become the better man that you were designed to be, the man that I know you can be, and the man that I know the world needs more of. 
a man who walks in chivalry, a man who walks in strength, a man who walks with values and purpose, a man who walks in kindness, a man who leads his family, a man who, who walks in masculine, the proper masculine traits and allows his partner to be the feminine that she was designed to be. So gentlemen, pornography can be ended in your life and the joys of that are outstanding. Well, have a great rest of the week, guys. Please share this far and wide, especially with those who you know need it. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you on the next episode.